You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I bring you a new report from the Cotswolds and some very strange creatures reported across the UK. A chap got in touch with me recently, his name is Gary, and he said, I came across your podcast recently after listening to an American podcast on dogman and Sasquatch sightings. I live in New Zealand now, but before moving here, I lived in the Cotswolds for six years. The town I lived in was Morton in Marsh, and there was a wood, more like a small forest, one square mile of trees and pathways, where I'd often take my newborn children for walks. I was a stay-at-home dad, and I'd carry them in special baby backpacks. I would never have imagined that cryptid creatures could exist in the UK. And it was only after listening to your podcast that I began to remember little peculiarities that happened when I was in the woods by myself. Morton in Marsh is a market town in the Evenlode Valley, and that's within the Cotswold District and an area of outstanding natural beauty. The town stands at the crossroads of the Fossway Roman Road and the A44. And if many of you will know that our old Roman roads, lots of them are on our ley lines. A witness said, Now there may be nothing more than my imagination to this, but I'll share three things which could prove that something lived there that no one realised. Firstly, there were three different types of deer, an awful lot of them. There were badgers, foxes, rabbits, squirrels, and so many other animals that it was a haven for animal enthusiasts. The first thing I noticed were stick structures, the ones that looked like teepees. I came across a couple of those in the woods. Secondly, on one occasion, I came across a small dog that was hiding in a badger's hole. And I tried coaxing it out, but it wouldn't come out. And it did appear to be very scared. At that same time, I had the feeling someone was close by and they were watching me intently. I thought it was the dog's owner and I got cross at them. I shouted it was illegal to hunt badgers though the dog in the hole was like a soft-looking pooch. 
I just stayed there, but I didn't see anyone. And eventually I moved on. But I remember how the dog was frightened and then it wouldn't come out. On another occasion, I was walking in the deepest part of the woods. There was no one else around. And something very heavy ran on all fours parallel to me in the bushes around about 10 feet away. I could not see what it was, but I felt the ground shake as this creature ran by me. I thought it was a very large badger or a wild pig, but it would have had to have been massive to make the ground shake like that. I also felt I was being followed on many occasions when I was there, but I always just put it down to my imagination. I loved those woods and I felt happy walking through them, but only now do I think perhaps there was something else living there other than the animals, Gary. Before we look at similar reports to Gary's in the UK, I would like to share some of the reports that are very close to Morton in Marsh and the ancient sites contained there. In fact, close to the woodland, there is a report taken in 2012 where a number of strange footprints were found and photographed. And that's these are the footprints that you're seeing now. The report was featured in the local newspaper. A spooky set of footprints found at Mildeen August 2012. The newspaper stated a strange set of huge footprints found at Mildeen Garden in Blockley have baffled people in the Cotswolds. Melanie Aston, who teaches swimming at Mildeen and often takes her dog for a walk in the woods, said on one Saturday morning she found some large unshod footprints near the toilets by the car park. Her size seven wellies were dwarfed by the prints, which she said seemed very fresh. However, she couldn't see anyone else around. When she described the prints, she said, they went over some really rough ground, but there was quite a distance between each step, almost as if they were avoiding the really wet mud, she said. They went right down to where the path goes, over the brook, then divides into three sections, which is where I lost track of them. It really was quite spooky and I'm not such a frequent visitor to those woods now since it happened. I honestly have no idea what it was. The footprint was large and it looked like a human print, but it didn't look like the foot had ever wore a shoe. The footprint was found very close to the area where our first witness encountered the strange structures and the large thudding footsteps. Let's look at some of the other reports in the area. Our first one was featured in the Mysterious Universe website and it featured another area that also has standing stones, stone circles are sites of ancient importance and it's quite a short walk away. Tucked away on the fringes of the old English village called Long Compton is a roughly circular formation of stones called the Rollwright Stones which collectively date back to the Neolithic area and the Bronze Age. But just about everyone that visits the stones, it would seem that the effect is the same. They get a kind of sense of being in the heart of a magical place, one saturated by matters paranormal and supernatural. Phil Devereaux is an expert on British-based stone circles and areas of archaeological significance, and he is the author of many books. In 1977, Devereaux created an ambiguous programme to study numerous standing stone formations in the UK, ones which seem to be surrounded by an excess of ultrasonic and magnetic phenomena. 
At the height of the investigation at the Rollwright Stones, one of Devereaux's team caught a very brief view of a large, upright, shaggy-haired animal lurking near the stones. In an instance, it was gone, something which prevented the witness from getting a really good look at it. Nevertheless, he was sure it was no normal wild animal of the types that roam the UK. It wasn't a fox or a deer or anything like that. Then, in the early summer of 1982, there occurred a sighting at the site of what can only be determined as a British Bigfoot, said Nick Redfern. The witness, Cheryl Andrews, saw the beast only briefly before it vanished right before her in what she described as a dense fog. Now, there was no doubt in Cheryl's mind that, in her own words, the beast looked like a gorilla and it had human eyes. Were these creatures attracted to the strange magnetic energy in the area? Was that energy admitting these things that were going on? Is it, you know, not, con not connected in any way, shape or form? I believe that it is connected. Gary mentioned um, teepee structures and lots of people believe that they are like cryptid dens and things like that. I don't believe that. I think they're built as a pyramid was built to enhance energy, to, to change the energy of an, um, an area. And if we look at the fact that these sites are on a lot of the ley lines, they could be of massive importance and we just not really looked at it in that way. You got two people there in, you know, what was it, 1970 check 77 and then in 82 that's not that far apart and they both saw something tall human and gorilla like that was shaggy and hairy now there are also several big cat reports in the area and one of the creatures was seen by more than one person reported to police there are also several reports of missing pets which i find quite important the fox inn's landlord mr ed simpson Caught sight of the beast from the first floor window in the Cotswold village of Broadwell. It follows police and the RSPCA confirming that pets have vanished after being stalked by a panther-like animal. Mr Simpson was flabbergasted at the size of the beast he saw and he said, we were upstairs and we saw something out of the window and I said, look at that. And there was this big cat. It paraded across the field quite happily. Then it jumped over a wall and it vanished. It was really huge and it could have been the size of a Labrador. In October of 2019, local newspapers carried two reports of large puma-like cats sighted in Burford, just 11 miles away. Bar manager Kerry Hogg, 56, first spotted the cat out of the first floor window while she was in the room talking with Mr Simpson and his wife. She said, I was upstairs, I'm in a coffee and a chat and I looked out of the window. And I saw what I thought was a black Labrador, she said. I went to the window to get a closer look and I said, oh, my God, look at that. It's definitely a big cat. I was 100% of it. I bet my life on it, she said. There was no way it was a domestic cat. It was huge. And it was walking through the field and then it leapt up onto the wall and just dissipated. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was massive. Miss Hogg agreed that the beast was the size of a Labrador but clearly moved like a cat. She said, I won't be parking out the back of the pub on a late shift again. I don't want to go out there at night with this thing moving around. In our next report, I feel that there's a hint, a possible connection, or at least somewhere for us to start looking. 
Is the strange activity, as I said before, in the area connected to the ancient sites found here? In other areas of the UK, and in fact the world, we find many of our sites of ancient importance tend to have a higher number of unexplained or supernatural events. This next event happened pre the internet, in a time where reporting a UFO or an alien being could get you sectioned, or at least sent up to the attic. How do you report a being that looks like a man with a dog's head, with hooves and horns? After a lecture, one woman remembered an event with a creature just like this that must have been terrifying for her. She contacted Letra and made this report. This happened in 1968. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She said, at the lecture by Jacks Valley in the London AA, which is the Architects Association, that happened on the 12th of December, during the lecture, a number of slides were shown, and one of those slides was of a seal, and it had a winged sphere, and that sphere was held up by two creatures. And the lecturer described them as scorpion men, and the lady said, I think I may have seen such a man like that myself. It was the summer of 68, about 4pm. She was driving from London to a place near Stratford to visit friends for the weekend. She had a companion in the car with her, just outside Oxford, and they both saw a shining disc in the sky. They slowed and then stopped to watch it as it darted and dodged. Another car stopped to watch it too, and eventually it sank behind the trees. They resumed their trip, but the really striking events took place after the disc had disappeared, the witness said during the letter. During the drive between Burford and Stratford, I had some startling, and to me novel insights into what I can only describe as the nature of reality. They were connected in some way to that shining disc and they have had a profound effect on me, causing what is commonly known as a personality change. I won't try to explain what those insights were since almost all the religions in the world have tried to do this and have failed. However, these insights hit me like a bolt from the blue, as though from outside, one after the other. 
and I've never had a similar experience since. The letter continues with a description of what the woman saw that evening after supper. The guests were in the sitting room, which had open French windows leading out onto the lawn, and the woman went over to the window to get some fresh air. The weather, she wrote, was very hot and close. The light from the room shone out in an arc, she said, about 10 feet around the window. And in that area, she said, I saw, as soon as I came to the window, a strange figure. My perception of it was heightened by the state of frozen panic it produced in me. It was, for me, without any doubt, a demon or a devil, because that's how I thought back then. It was a vision of a creature or an animal or a man. Or whatever it was I saw, I don't know how to describe him. Like the scorpion man mentioned in the lecture, as well as Pan, she said. He had dog or goat-like legs. He was covered in silky, downy fur, and it was dark and glinting in the light. It was unmistakably humanoid, and to her mind, malevolent. It crouched and stared unblinkingly at her, with light, great green eyes, that slanted upwards and had no pupils. She said the eyes shone and were by far the most frightening thing about it. It was, I think, retrospectively trying to communicate with me, but my panic interfered with any message I might have received. If it had stood to its full height, it would have been about four to five feet tall. It had pointed ears and a long muzzle. It gave the impression of emancipation. Its hands and fingers were as thin as sticks. She went on. Eventually, convinced that I was hallucinating, I went and sat down for a while, until the panic had subsided. And then I went to see if it was still there. And it was. Except that it had moved further into the shadows on the edge of the arc of light. I made sure I kept away from that door for the rest of the evening, and I left the next day. I told nobody. That it may have been connected with the shining disc, I only realised when I saw that slide at the lecture. That must have been absolutely terrifying for her, and I don't know what creature it was that she saw. It could even be something that would present in a way that would be best with its agenda. So if it wanted to scare her, maybe, it had the precise effect. Let's look at another area that most folk would consider run-of-the-mill, not well known for supernatural or cryptid reports. Colchester is not the first place that springs to mind when thinking of cryptids or unexplained events. Yet it has all the same reports of creatures, UFOs, paranormal, supernatural happenings as Martin in Marsh. There are a number of Neolithic sites around Colchester and a number of curses. And curses are monumental Neolithic structures resembling ditches or trenches. And relics found within those trenches indicate that they were built between 3400 and 3000 BC, making them among the oldest monumental structures on the whole of the UK. Our first report came into BBR in 2012, and it was from a woman who was from Colchester, and she said, it was early afternoon and we were walking along a quiet road, myself and my husband, and we were just out. To our left were some woods and to our right were open fields. 
And we were just walking along, chatting, when my partner said something like, Oh, I've just seen a big hairy man in the woods. I had a brief look into the woods and I didn't expect to see anything, and I didn't. Nevertheless, I was keen to get away. I wasn't exactly scared, just keen to get away from there. Anyway, that was about it. I didn't discuss it too much with him until a few weeks ago. He said the figure was about six foot five to seven feet tall. It seemed to have longer hair on the head and upper body. It was following a parallel course as we were in the woods. I asked him if it looked at us and he said he didn't remember. But the fact that it may have looked at us is what may have caught my partner's attention in the first place. She said, my partner said he could detect some definition in the facial area, but no clear features. He was also aware of some strong muscular definition in the upper body area. Even though the hair was there, he could see muscle. And at no time did my partner feel menaced or afraid of what he saw. It was only last year in the spring, um, another lady sat in a car waiting for somebody, saw a very tall, hairy creature that walked along the back of a hedge. And she said that she saw other people in the area and she made her realise just how tall this creature was. Another strange report came in from a gentleman in, and he's talking about something that happened with him and his granddad. And he said, my great-granddad had a run-in with a shuck. My granddad wasn't afraid of it. He said he felt quite safe with it. It walked along a country lane with him and he said it was a black shuck and it was as big as a calf. It happened in Castle Headingham in Essex, probably before 1910. He was walking along the lane which passed the cemetery when he was joined by a huge black dog. He couldn't touch it. It was as big as a calf and when it drew level with the cemetery gates, it turned and leapt over them. He wasn't afraid, and he lived till 1975, so it wasn't a fateful meeting. I don't know what time of day or year it happened, but I would think it was good weather, and probably dusk or at night. There was no street lighting of any kind in the country areas, and most people walked everywhere, it didn't matter to them. I would say, though, that he was quite psychic as well. It interests me that it leapt into the cemetery because we tend to find lots of canine reports, whether that be shucks or dogmen or werewolves around cemeteries or burial places. Not too far away as the crow flies and certainly within walking distance for any cryptid is the small town of Broomfield. The witness in our next case contacted me directly several years ago now. And she explained a couple of events that she found really hard to explain away. And when you hear them, I'm sure you'll understand. Our witness is named Claire Shaw and she said, I grew up in the countryside close to Essex. We lived in a very rural area surrounded by thick woods and fields back then. And there was a small farm down a single track road. My first encounter with this thing, I can only describe it as a beast, was in our garden about 11.30pm. I was around 13 or 14 at the time. My stepdad had just driven back from the pub and was in the kitchen making toast and I went down to get a drink of water. The back garden floodlight was switched off as it was very blinding when he came on. My stepdad noticed something moving about in the garden as he was looking out of the window. 
and he questioned what he was seeing. So I took a look, and as we tried to work out what it was, we couldn't make it out clearly. So my dad's stepdad switched the light on. In the light, we can see now it's as plain as day. Just this thing. It's on all fours. It's drinking water from our pond. It was huge. It was black and very wide and very muscular. And it turned and looked towards the house. I can only assume it couldn't see us because we were shielded by the light. I've never seen anything like it before. Its face was just like a dog, but it looked much more fierce than any domestic dog. And its features are very strong and defined. The creature was covered in thick black hair from head to toe. My stepdad and I just stood there in shock. It moved away from the pond. It stood up on its back legs and it leapt over the tall garden hedge. The hedge was about 10 feet tall and it had no trouble clearing it. And then it was gone. My stepdad turned off the light and told me to get out of bed. The next morning, he told me that we were never to discuss what we'd seen again. Whenever I tried to mention that event and what we'd seen, he just denied it, as if it never happened. But that was not the only time I think I came very close to it. Another time, I was walking my friend home across the bottom fields past the farm's old barn. And there was a large broken hole in the side of the barn and we had to walk close to it and we went right past it to get down the track. It was only lunchtime, so we were walking in broad daylight. As we got closer to the barn, we noticed this animal and it kind of edged inside the barn and it was looking at us out of the hole. It moved and I knew that I'd seen it then and I knew that I'd seen it before. We both questioned what it was or what it could be. We both decided to back off slowly and return the way we'd come. As we did, it moved further backwards into the barn. I think it did this to remain hidden. We walked back to my house very quickly and I never went down there again on my own that I can remember. We had a few neighbours in the area who all said that they'd heard a weird howling and strange noises at night. But they were quickly just convinced that it was foxes. I grew up in the countryside and I know what foxes sound like and these howlings were not the noise of a fox. There was one report sent to the police about an unusual animal in the area after something huge ran out of the front of a dog walker in the woods. The dog refused to walk near to where the animal was and it sat whimpering and then it shot out across the fields into the woods. The police got a cast of some print, she said, but then it all went hush and it was never mentioned again. So this is my personal experience and I'm thankful that I no, live a little, no longer live in that area. Claire Shaw. I believe Claire Shaw a dogman, a canine creature that are usually seen up on two legs with the body of a man and the head of a dog. Like a Wendigo, like the sickly creature in our, you know, we spoke about earlier. In our first case, some of these creatures are mentioned as sickly and ill. And just not the sort of animal you'd want to see in your garden at night. In certain areas of the UK, we get reports of canine creatures known as shucks. And they're usually seen on all fours. And they're often seen with red eyes or yellow glowing eyes like the chap and his grandfather. Just inland off the coast is a report made by a gentleman on behalf of himself and his father that also mentions a strange dog-like creature. The witness said, 
Me and my dad saw a black shuck twice and it scared the hell out of us. We were lamping right out on the marshes the first time we saw it. We'd seen its eyes shine in the lamp from a rise in the field that was looking over the marshes on the land side of the seawall. We thought it was a fox we went over to investigate. When we got next to the seawall, this massive black dog came loping out of the bush right in front of us and it walked calmly over the seawall, crossing the footpath. We had the lamp on all the time and it looked like a wolf, but it was very shaggy and it was clearly unconcerned with our presence. Its eyes were glowing, but that was just because of the lamp shining on it, I think. We drove to the top of the seawall straight away and it was nowhere to be seen. The next time I saw it, it was in a corner of a field next to our house, which is further inland. Again, it pops out of the hedge right in front of us on one side of the corner and walked into the hedge on the other side. Again, it disappeared. But there is a big ditch there, so if it was a real dog, then it could have walked that way. I think it was about 2000 and 2002. Both experiences happened in late summer. Both times we'd be pretty sure it wasn't a normal dog. For a start, it's a lot bigger than most. I'd say a little bigger than a wolfhound or a deerhound. And it wasn't a bit inquisitive. It didn't care we were there. Like you'd expect from a domestic dog when you see one. He just walks along like we just were invisible. When we told people about seeing it on the farm, they said, oh, it's just a black shuck straight away. And said that they often saw it when they were com- combine harvesting at night during the harvest. It might have been a dog and they're just winding us up, but I don't think so. They also called it old shuck in the village. Peter, Bradville and C. A shuck would kind of be frightening, I think. But just a few short miles up the coast from Bradwell, we have a report with this strange creature that would make most men melt with fear. This creature, I don't think, is of this world. And actually, it could be a visitor from another world entirely. Or did the witness see tech we have no knowledge of yet? This happened in Clacton and Sea in 2017, and the witness said, I was putting bin bags in the garden and I heard a noise that sounded like someone falling from a tree. I looked over and it just looked at me like I was dreaming or something, like something out of a movie. It was about seven foot tall, like a human with lizard skin. It moved one step closer and I moved back and it changed colour and went invisible, jumped up into the tree and you could see the branches moving but I couldn't see it anymore. I know it sounds messed up, but I know what I saw. That must have been absolutely terrifying for him. I have no idea how I would react in that situation. I think I'd have done the same. I'd just gone in and shut the door. So far tonight, we've looked at cases from a small market town in Gloucestershire and reports from around the Colchester area. And as we know, these are not the only areas with Neolithic sites or areas we've humans felt were important far back in time that are in the UK. With our wealth of history and the ability to find an ancient site almost anywhere, I'd really like to look at some areas people would consider far too urban for a cryptid report or an unexplained event. Now there is nothing wrong with Loughborough. It's a perfectly normal town in the centre of the UK. Loughborough is a market town in the Charmwood borough of Leicestershire the seat of Charwood Borough Council and the home of Loughborough University. Many ancient sites are found here 
and there are several strange accounts I think you may find interesting. Our first case takes place in the farm fields uh, close to the Priory. Our witness in this case name is Emma Adam and Emma said, I want to report something that happened to me and my sister a few years ago now in 2013. We still don't know to this day what the figure was that we saw. I don't have a name for it and nothing on Google is matching up with it. Someone said it could be a red deer and as they'll stand on two feet, but this was no deer. That night we were driving along Limby Hall Lane in Swannington. The lane's just past the Grace Dew Priory area and we decided on this route as it was new for us. We wanted to walk the dog somewhere different for a change. We were out on the lane and it was getting darkish, but there was still plenty of light. I would say it was roughly February, about 10, 11pm at night. My sister was the driver and I was the passenger and our dogs were in the back. We went down the lane and a man came out from the fields. He had three dogs and he crossed the road into the woods on the side of the road and we just didn't think anything of it. We stopped the car to let them pass as it's a single road. You can't turn your car around until you reach the pullings. After the man passed us, we went a few pullings along the road, but still it was not wide enough to turn the car around and we decided to just keep going until we could turn around safely and then head back. We carried along Limby Hall Lane for some time and then in the distance and in the light from the car headlights, we could see something was walking across the road and it was walking strangely. It was very tall, I'd say at least seven to eight feet tall, and it looked injured or sickly as it walked across the road. It was like slowly and it had a limp and an arch back. It was very wide and all black, and as the headlights didn't reach it properly, we couldn't get a really good look at its face. I said to my sister, Stop the car! What the f*** is that thing? And she said, I've no idea. And she pressed a horn. And to our horror, this thing stopped in the middle of the road. And it turned and stared at the car. I told my sister to put the main beam on. And as she did this, we were still not close enough to light it up properly. The only thing that did light up was its eyes. And it was reflecting not just two eyes, but many eyes. This thing had multiple reflective eyes. And it just stood there in the road for ages looking at the car and then it walked with what I believe to be a limp into the woods in the field and it was gone. At this point we're both bricking it and we just pressed the central lock in and we couldn't turn around so we had to drive past where it had been. As we went past the point where it went into the woods that road was pitch black and my sister just floored it. Now I'm telling people they just don't believe you and I don't suppose it will until it happens to them. We've Googled to find this creature. We can't find anything that matches it. I got an update from Emma on the 30th of August 2016. And she said, my sister and my three friends are going back to Limby Hall Lane at night to investigate what we saw. While chatting with my friend and explaining what happened, we realised that her uncle had seen the same thing as me and my sister. This time it was walking along the grass verge at night along the road. His account is almost exactly the same as mine, in exactly the same area and the same stretch as road. Emma said, just opposite the Grace Dew Priory, he also saw a crouched dark figure. No face that could be seen as the figure was hunched over and it had an arched back. It was coming towards him, almost heading for his car. 
This was at the junction opposite the ruins. He turned left and sped off quickly towards Loughborough. And now he'll never drive past that area and he avoids it all the time. What did Emma and her sister see that night? What kind of abomination has several sets of eyes? Or was it one creature carrying others? She also mentioned it looked sickly and it weren't with a limp. And it seems very similar to some of our other cases tonight. What is it? I guess we'll never know. I think the Native Americans called it a Wendigo. But it's not the only strange report to take place in that area. Grace Dew Priory near Thringstone in Leicestershire is a location with a vibrant past. The ruins are said to be the most haunted place in all of Leicestershire. There's a phantom white lady that floats around the ruins and one time a bus driver and a conductor actually stopped to pick up what they believed to be a passenger and were pretty frightened when they opened the door to let her in, only to find she'd disappeared into thin air. The conductor and driver both got off the bus to look for the lady, but they found nothing. He was not the last bus driver to be caught out, as another driver slowed down to stop for a figure that vanished in 2002, in almost exactly the same circumstances. Then a police officer passing by Grey Street Priory saw a woman in grey with a hood, and she crossed the road. A councilman working at the Priory felt a woman leaning over him, and he was pushed harshly from behind, but no one was there. In 1926, a horse pulling a cart stopped and began to tremble before six white figures were seen to drift across the road and move into the ruins. A youngster playing cricket on Grey Street Priory in 34 noticed a white figure moving along a nearby footpath. He watched the apparition with two of his friends as it went under the railway embankment only to disappear before they reached the archway to look through the tunnel. A medium named Tarona was driving past Gracedew when she felt drawn to the ruins by an energy that just took over her. She reported a negative energy. It had a sense of betrayal, murder and plague. Did Emma and her sister drive into an atmosphere prime for a sighting? Was it merely the area itself? Or was it a combination of several things? A lot of those witnesses mentioned it crossed the road. And I wonder if there's a ley line that runs through that area. The witness in Annette's case had a very similar experience to our first report tonight. That's something shadowing humans in the woodlands. And the all-encompassing feeling. You are no longer alone. And you are filled with dread. The report comes from a chap named Adam Halford and he shared his report with me quite recently. Adam said, Hi Deb, how are you? My mate and myself at work really enjoy your YouTube videos and podcasts and the great work that you do. I've decided to share my story with you in the hopes that you can share it with your listeners. I'm the last of the play outside with your mates all day generation, I think, and that was quite normal for all of us before mobile phones and the internet took over. Adam lived in a mining village as a child and he said, I used to go play outdoors in farmers' fields, etc. Growing up, you become used to the wildlife in the surrounding area. In my early teens, I did some weekend security work on a night shift, looking after a range of different units on a big industrial estate near to where I used to live. Where I live now is only a few miles away from where I grew up and it's another mining village in Leicestershire. In this house, I have a spook that you see on the landing and it shows itself as a shadow figure. 
I'm an early riser, and so is my little dog. His nickname's Werewolf. I'm normally up and out of the house with Werewolf most mornings around 5am. Even in dark winter months, we still go around the fields and into the woods during our walk. I know the area very well, and so does the dog. I'd like to give you a little bit of background information about myself. I'm not scared easily. I'm used to all the sights and sounds of being outdoors. I've explored most of the woodland and the greenbelt land in my area. I've gone out for one of my walks near the allotments on Loughborough Road. It was a lovely day out and there's plenty of sunshine and you could hear the birds singing. I walked for a couple of miles down different paths and just through the woodlands. I found a small crop of woods I'd never seen before, which was strange, as I'd walked that way a lot. It's not far from where they were decorating a pine tree in the woods at Christmas, something the locals do. The trees were very close together and I couldn't see through the woods. And as I continued on, I realised just how quiet it was. It was almost too quiet. I kept going and slowly I was hit with this feeling of dread. It felt like I should not have been there. I shrugged it off and I carried on, but with the overwhelming feeling of fear, dread, just continued. I didn't have words powerful enough to explain how bad that feeling was. Take your worst fear and multiply that by thousands. I got the clear feeling something didn't want me there in the woods. With the thick tree cover and how close the tall trees were, anything could have been anywhere near to me and I wouldn't have seen it. I must have been about 30 yards or less from the edge of the wood. Every step I took forwards, the more that feeling of fear and dread got worse. I had a really strong feeling that something bad was going to happen. I was just too scared to go any further, so I turned and I ran as fast as I could back through the woods the way I'd come. I got out of that wood as fast as I could, and I felt an instant relief as I did so. I felt whatever was in there was no longer there. It was just such a strange sensation. I can't really explain it. I didn't hang about, and I made my way down to the nearest main path that I could. I just kept walking and glancing over my shoulder as I went. And then I saw a squirrel run across the path ahead of me and I realised I was slowly processing what had happened and collecting my thoughts in my head. I realised I couldn't remember the last time I'd seen or heard any wildlife. It must have been a good 40 minutes and all. That made me feel worse. How could I have not realised that until I saw the squirrel? I don't know. just can't explain it. I walked a long way home and around the wood that day. I haven't told many people about this. How do you explain that you got over three quarters of the way through the woodland and ran home scared after hearing nothing at all and seeing nothing, just experiencing a horrible, overwhelming feeling of fear and hatred towards you? I honestly believe if I'd gone any further through those woods, something really bad would have happened to me. As you know, Deb, this is not the only strange experience I've had. When I'm out with the dog, there are times when the dog acts weird, as if it's scared or nervous. I'm sure there's something in the woods around there. I've never seen it, but I've heard it, and I sort of know it's been there. I just couldn't see it. I feel it around some nights in the fields at the back of the house where I walk the dog. The odd night, it's too quiet out there. There are no birds or any animal noises, and you could hear a pin drop. 
the dog just goes mad some nights and starts barking at the woods and it won't walk past certain points. The dog stays about 15, 20 feet in front of me and only stops running to turn and bark like mad at me all the way home or until we get to the back gate. This has happened three or four times now and I walk the dog around there most days. We used to have no trouble whatsoever. Adam. I wonder just how many reports of experiences like this are still out there untold, held within families or just not shared for ridicule. I hope in time we can help people to share what they've had happen to them in life. For some it's a one-off event, never to be experienced again. Yet for others, it's an ongoing series of unexplained events that happen consistently throughout their lives. Our first witness tonight, Gary, has promised to share his paranormal experiences with me. And of course, I'll share them here with you all. There are far too many places here in the UK that would match with the reports I've brought to you tonight. So many people report the same experience. They have the same questions and doubts, the same feeling of not being alone, or suddenly filled with a feeling of dread. I will bring you the other reports as we work our way through the cases featured in our podcast. If there is a case or a town that you would like me to mention, please comment below and I will add your name and question into the podcast. If there is a topic I've yet to cover or a story from your hometown you think would be a great story to share, just let me know and I'll make sure to include it in our uploads. Thank you all for tuning in tonight and I will be back next week with more stories of the unexplained. Good night, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.